Please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. So in this um, message today, I want to come to you from Luke chapter 15. We'll go there, and I'm probably only going to cherry pick a verse of two out of there. I'll explain to you what's happening in there in just a moment. But Luke chapter 15, and I just want to share with you something that encourages me, like this dry season that I've been in, like me personally, this dry season that I've been in. You know, if you, if you want to talk about it, and like Pastor Rife, I've been in a dry season too. Uh, you know, can we talk about it? Yeah, we can talk about it. We'll sit down and talk about it. I'll share with you what mine feels like. You share with me what yours feels like. But listen, don't feel like something's wrong with you. Because the enemy will begin to say, well, something's wrong with you. Well, you're not fit to lead. Well, you're not fit to, and he'll, he'll begin to accuse you. Now, that's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of the enemy. Anytime something begins to, to cast you down or put you down, that's the voice of the enemy. And in this dry season where I've been working, 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 putting one foot in front of the other, I'm telling you what, God will use little things to let him know, let you know that he is aware of where you are. Just crazy little things. Like, for instance, last week... Uh, when I was speaking to you, I was talking to you from this place of, hey, when something is removed, ask if it was uh, stolen. Remember that? Uh, what, I, I'm trying to remember how I exactly. When, when something is removed, ask if it was uh, stolen or pruned. Thank you. I'm glad somebody was listening last week. Thank you for, I couldn't even remember. Ask if it was stolen from the enemy or if it was pruned by the Holy Spirit. And this week, I heard the Lord say, you know, sometimes, sometimes things are just lost. Like the devil didn't take it. And sometimes God didn't take it. Sometimes things are just lost. And you remember last week when I was telling you that there was this Christmas CD that I had lost, and I'm like, man, God cares about the little things in your life. And I was talking about how this Christmas CD, I would just put it in, and man, it just ministered to me. It was, it was one of my favorite Christmas CDs. I told you that I bought it, like, I couldn't remember exactly when, but I knew it was back in, like, maybe 1999, 2000 that I bought this. I just went to a little service station, and they had this 99-cent Christmas CD promotional there. And, I, you know, I just picked it up and thought, you know, I'll, it's probably junk but I put it in and I put it in and I promise you it was worth more it was worth a hundred times as much as I paid for it I played that thing over and over I played it in church I played it at our house I play it every time I get in my car at Christmas time my kids probably are sick and tired of it but it ministered to me and when I lost it It broke my heart because I'm like, man, I I need that to get me in the Christmas mood. And it just, I don't mean like holly jolly Christmas Christmas. I'm talking about it ministered to me. And here's the deal. It had spiritual songs on it that were all put to jazz. But I'm pretty sure the people that maybe put that together from the Shell Corporation, because it was the Shell gas station that I bought it from, I'm pretty sure their, their goal in mind was not necessarily to minister to people spiritually. But see, that, that, those Christmas tunes, 
I knew where the foundation they were coming from, and it didn't matter what their goal was. I already had my foundation, and when I played those men, it just ministered to me in such a powerful way. It was so good. So when I lost it, I really became upset. And then I became obsessed with looking for it. I looked for it everywhere in our house, and I'm like, where could it have gone? And, you know, Shay probably threw it away, you know, thinking it's some of my junk I leave her hanging around or whatever. You know, I, I, I looked online. I would search for hours because I'm like, you know, we live in the day of the Internet where you can find out how to remove a hangnail online. You know, surely we can find out where I, where I can find this CD. I would spend, I'm not joking you, I would spend hours looking for this. I searched Apple. When Spotify and all these groups came out, Pandora, I would spend hours trying to research and find out where this was. I told you I even reached out to Shell Corporation and they had no clue of, of what it was. Well, I, I left church Sunday, and then Monday, uh, I went on this pastor's prayer retreat. And remember I told you last week, I said, man, if somebody finds this, I'll give you $100 if you can find it. I actually had somebody to uh, reach out to me after church and say, is it any of these? And I, and I was excited, and I'm like, no. No, none of those. I already saw those. And then later that afternoon... Shay sends me a text with a photo and she says is this what you're looking for and I'm like where did you find that and she's like oh you should have asked me first I'm like, there's no way you couldn't have known that I've been searching this for, for this for years. She's like, you know how you look for things. I want my money. Uh-uh. She, she says she wants her money. All I know is, girl, you owe me some change. You done got way too much. But here... But here I'm like, where did you find this? I'm telling you what, I'm going to make 18 copies of this. I'm going to put it on digital. I'm going to put one in the safety deposit box. We ain't losing this baby, you know. But here's the thing. Okay, so I've been looking for this for years. And in one day, I just make this declaration. And I think I said something to the effect of, I haven't given up hope that I'm going to find that CD one of these days. And we're going to play it in church. We're going to play it. You know, we're, we're, everybody's going to hear it now because you got to hear it. It's so good. But here's the point. That's important to me. And when it's important to me, it's important to God. And I want you to just, you know, if I could leave you with a thought that today is like, don't, don't give up on the things that are dear to you, that you've been hoping for, that you've been praying for. And it may be something very simple like this. I'm going to tell you, I've been making fun of this up here, but this is important to me. This is important to me. And when it's important to me, it's important to God. And then there are other things that, you know, sure, this is, this is a small thing on my priority list of things that are lost. 
there are some things that are higher, much higher than this. And if this is important enough, then how much more are those greater things that are important to us? I want to share this with you. In this series, this is hopefully, I think, well, not hopefully, I'll do it however long God wants. I think this is the last one. But in this series on courage, I want to encourage you today. I want you to feel encouraged that God is a God who hears you. I want you to understand this, that God responds to every request of the righteous. All right, I'm going to say it again. God responds to every request of the righteous. Who's the righteous? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that for God made Christ to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. So we are the righteousness of God. And God responds to every request that the righteous make. Now, the only prayer that God responds to from a person who is unrighteous is the request to become righteous. Are you following me? So people can pray all they want to who don't know the Lord in a personal way, who they've not received him as their Lord and Savior. They can, they can call it prayer or whatever they want to and, you know, give God the credit. And I see all these people sometimes on the Grammy that just uh, uh, Tonys and Grammys and Oscars and MTV, all these different so, uh, reward, awards. And they can say, you know, I give Peace, peace out to the, to the big man, to the Lord, you know, whatever. Cause, and I'm like, you know, I, no. Like you, you cannot be unrighteous and not live a life where he's your Lord and Savior and then expect God to bless that. No. All that blessing is just either uh, natural uh, uh, remuneration or natural uh, payment or, or natural um, reaping from your natural abilities. The scripture says that it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust. Good things happen to good people and bad people, and bad things happen to good people and bad people. But there is a place in the life of a righteous man that we have the right to boldly go before our God. We don't have to go through anybody. We don't have to go through Mother Mary. We don't have to go through any saints. We don't have to uh, go through the preacher. You and I are the righteousness of God. We are the sons and daughters of God. And we can go straight to Father God. And we can make our petitions known directly to Him. And every time we make a request, He responds. Now, he doesn't always respond in the way that we want him to, but God's ways are higher than your ways and my ways. And God, listen to me, God always answers in a way that it's going to be to our benefit. So there are times where, you know, I'm sure that you had your children and they asked you for something and it's like, you know, they're asking you for a particular thing and you're like, I can't give that to you. That'd kill you, you know? 
Uh, I can't give that to you. That would hurt you. I can't let you do that because you're not skilled enough to do it. It doesn't mean that you can't do it at some point, but you have to wait until you mature in a certain area. So sometimes God's answer is no. Sometimes it's just not now. And then sometimes it's, it's in the affirmative. It's yes. But God always knows. And sometimes God even answers in, well, not this one, but this one, because his is better. Sometimes God has a better plan for you than what you have for yourself. And he wants you to be blessed in, in, in an extraordinary way. And so as we look at this, I want you, I want you to think about th three things. When we put our trust in God, first of all, God hears us. Psalm 18 and 6 says, but in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help, and he heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached uh, to him reached his ears. When we pray, when we speak to God, God hears us every time. Listen, I know some of you, I've felt this my way. There have been times in my life where I would be calling out to God. I would be praying to God, and I'm like, God, are you even there? Do you even hear me? I have been praying for this for so long. Where are you, God? Listen, I'm telling you, you hold on. Don't you give up. I prayed for this thing. Again, I know this is a simple way, but I'm using the simple to bring forth the, 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 the really, really, really valuable. Listen, this was important to me. I, I'm telling you, God, if he can bring something as simple as this, God can bring the most valuable things that you are reaching out to him for. Do not give up. Do not give up. It doesn't mean that when I said this to you last week as an illustration that I was not giving hope up on this. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't expect the next day that it was going to be found. Are you following me? Even though I said that, there are periods of time where every day I'm not praying, God, can you help me find my jazz Christmas album? You know, Lord, I'm really looking forward to that album. God, I'm waiting on that album. I declare that the enemy take her hand, his hands off of my album. <laughs> I'm just joking, just joking, just joking. Seeing if y'all are awake out there. But can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Listen. Hold on, hold on, because God hears the prayers of the righteous. God hears you. He has heard you in your crying. He has heard you in your groaning. He has heard you in your weeping. He has heard you in your longing. He has heard you in your mourning. He has heard you and his, your cries of desperation are not falling on deaf ears. Now, I'm, I'm praying for some things that in my personal world, I'm praying for some things that I'm telling you. It looks like it's insurmountable. It looks, I hear the enemy's voice all the time, and I just have to rebuke that. I have to take that thought, and I have to pull it under subjection to what the word says. And the enemy will tell me it will never happen. You might as well not get, I've won. It's not going to happen. It's, you're just going to have to accept it. These are the words of the enemy in my head. And I have to constantly uh, say, listen to me. You foul spirit, 
There are days where the indignation of God will come upon me, and then there are days I'll have to just shake it off. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. There are days where I, I feel like an overcomer, and there are days where I feel like a victim. There are days where I feel strong, and there are days when I feel weak. But can I tell you that we can take assurance that God has heard our prayer. I don't care what the circumstance look like. I don't care how loud the enemy's voice is in your ear. I don't care how convincing that he uh, makes it seem. God has promised us certain things. And when we hold on dearly to it, the scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman a of the righteous it pre prevails much meaning it produces much and when I'm crying out to God I believe that there, and I finish most of my prayers like this and God if I'm praying with somebody I pray this way and God I combine my faith with them and we expect a manifestation of our faith and your goodness. That's how I end my prayers. Like I'm expecting what we're praying and coming into agreement for where two or three agree together in my name. I will be there in the midst of them. Where two or three agree on earth, touching anything, touching heaven, it will be done. So listen, God is not a man that he can lie. It's not possible that he could lie. And when he says you can ask for anything in my name, he means anything. And so when we pray to him, God hears. Not only does he hear, but he helps us. This is what the scripture says in Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of need or struggle or trouble. God is an ever-present help. He's there to help you. Holy Spirit, which was given on the day of Pentecost, Jesus called him I, a helper, a comforter. I will send you another helper. He is there to comfort you, to lead you, to guide you in all truth, John says. And so God helps us. I'm telling you what, God is here to help you. I sense in this place today that there is an anointing for prayers that, that are, I, I mean, we are on the precip the, the cusp, the, 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 the cliff of it just pouring over and prayers becoming answered. I'm telling you, I believe that with all of my heart. As we, as we kind of move on, God hears us, he helps us, but God restores to a place of honor. Now, some of y'all need to hear this. What does that mean? Well, if you look in Luke chapter 15 with me real quick, God is, uh, through the scripture, he's talking about three things that are lost. And he starts off with, you know, it was a story about the sheep, which that's a, uh, one of uh, your books, Joe, that you were writing. It's a story about a sheep that wanders off. And that sheep is valuable. You know, you can't look and say, well, I got 99. You know, you win some, you lose some. No, he goes after the one. Every single one is valuable. You need to know this in this house. Every single one of you are as valuable as every single other person in here. Every single one of us has value. And so he talks about that little sheep and he goes off and he finds him. 
And then he talks about a coin next. And he said, who has a valuable coin that it gets lost, that they don't cut every light on in the house, and they, they turn over every little nook and cranny and search for this gold coin. And when the little lamb is found and when the coin is found, there's great rejoicing. There's great happiness that happens. But then the last parable that he tells in verse 11, it's really about a person. And it's about the son. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. I am going to pick out at least one or two verses of scripture out of this. But in this, in this portion of scripture, he's talking about the son. And we call him the prodigal son. And he's the son. You know, the man has two sons. And the young son comes and says, I want to receive my inheritance now. So that I can spend it, you know, when I'm young. And so the father, he divides the inheritance, gives it, the son goes off, he lives a life of just kind of debauchery and just wildness, and he loses all his money. And the next thing you know, he is literally eating out of the pig trough. And he's, he's eating at the bottom of the barrel, so to speak. And he says, well, even the servants at my father's house, even the servants at my father's house eat better than this. And so he decides that he's going to go back home. Now, I don't, I've never left home uh, in any kind of way that I was at odds with my parents. Um, but I have had brothers and sisters that have left home and they were at odds with my parents. And they would get out there because they were living a life of rebellion. And because they were out there, they had to come back home. They could no longer afford to live out there. They saw that, hey, the world is a real place and, and, and it's not as forgiving as your parents are. And so they had to come back home. And I am pretty sure, even though we've never talked about it, I'm pretty sure that there had to come a good dose of shame and humiliation for them to come back home, especially when they had done it multiple times and they're having to return home multiple times. I don't know if that's you. I don't know if you've ever had to do that or not or if you know someone who has, but when they come back, there's got to be a swallowing of your pride that you have to overcome the fact that you made a mistake and you've made some pretty big ones and now I got to go back and I got to live in a little bit of maybe a lot of shame and and I have to take a lower place I have to because I don't deserve to come back you know I squandered everything and I I, I was going to show everybody that I was strong and I really come back and I'm showing everybody how weak I am and so there's this there's this uh, attitude that they're coming back in of shame and worthlessness and less than and lack and uh, really kind of a bondage, a slavery, so to speak, that I'm going to come back and I'll just work, I'll work my way back to a place. But I want you to look, I want you to look at uh, verse 20, and we're going to go to about uh, 24. So are you there? So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to embrace his son, and he kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned both against you and heaven, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. 
get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we've been fattening up and we'll celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life and he was lost but now he is found and the party began. I'm going to stop there because what I really want us to see is not the position of, of the son and where he's coming back so shameful and lowly and feeling worthless. What I really want to focus on is the position of the father. Because what was happening is it says uh, in verse 20, so he returned home to his father and while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. See, the father is the kind that he has such love and compassion for the lost. He has such love and compassion for those who are not in right relationship with him that his eyes are surveying the earth to and fro and daily he watches for his sons and his daughters to come home. Every day the father in this parable, he represents the father of glory and every day he wakes up and he's looking out over the horizon to see if this is the day that his son is coming home. Is this the day that his daughter is coming home? Just like the, our father in heaven, the scripture says every day his mercies are new. Every day the father wakes up, so to speak, and he looks out over the portal of heaven and he's looking to say, who's going to come home today? Have you ever thought about it? You know, you've lost stuff. We've lost stuff. But did you, you understand God has lost stuff. God understands what it, what, what it feels like to have something, but it's now not his. It's lost. We call those lost people. We call that the lost, those who are not in relationship. He is longing. He is mourning for them to come home. He is yearning for his sons and his daughters to come home. Now, those of us who might have children and your children might not be where they need to be, or maybe you're in the room today and maybe you not, may not be where you need to be. The father is longing. There's something of his that is lost and he's longing, yearning for it to come back. But look, look at how his position the son, when he comes, this is the position of the son. He's like, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I don't even deserve this. He's like, Dad, could I just, could I just be one of the servants in the house? And the, the father, you, 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 that's a mindset of the enemy. The mindset of the enemy. Because if you look at this, this is really kingdom here. This is very kingdom here. Well, you got to work yourself back into it. Well, you're never going to be. You're always going to have this hanging on your head. Well, people are always going to think about this. Well, religious people might do that, but kingdom people won't. Kingdom people won't do that. Because when you come back into the Father's house, the enemy makes you think, well, I'm going to have to come. I'm going to have to work my way back up. I'm going to have to come, and, and I'm going to have to feel bad about all of this. And that's how we, in our world, we make it feel. But the Father, he's like, away with that. We won't have any of that. Go get the finest robe. Go get, go get him a ring. Now, you understand what a ring is, right? This isn't any, any ring. When, when uh, they put the signet ring on, this is a place of authority. And he could go anywhere in the county. He could go anywhere in the nation. And he could go, he could go here, 
this is who I'm from, this is the household I'm from, and I use this as payment for anything here. Put it on my tab. When we come back into the family of God, we come back in with full rights. We don't have to work our way into righteousness. We don't have to, you know, be on a six-month probation to get to a place of righteousness. It's immediate. He immediately, it imputes to us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He immediately gives us back that right standing. And we are immediately worthy to put on the robe of righteousness. And we are immediately, he calls for the sandals, the gospel shoes of peace. We immediately have a place of peace if we will receive it. And we have a right to walk in peace. He immediately does all these things because the Father is so compassionate as he looks out over that horizon to see who of my sons and daughters are coming home today. See, God is a God who He hears us, He helps us, and He restores with honor. There are people in my life that I'm praying for. There are people in my family that I'm praying for. They're lost to me. They're lost to the kingdom. And I'm believing God if I could trade a cabillion of these for, you, you understand what I'm saying? If I could trade a cabillion of those for this one, I would do it in a heartbeat because that, though it's important to me, does not even compare to some of these things. I want to tell you what. If you have things in your life that are important to you, it may be a son, it may be a daughter, it may be a husband, do, you do not give up calling out for, for, for them and their healing and their wholeness and their wellness. It might be a person. It might be your healing. It might be provision that you prayed for for a long time. It might be a dream that you have that the enemy has told you. You are stupid for believing that. You keep believing anyway. Is that the way your heavenly father would talk to you? Is that the way your loving God, the loving father, Abba, would speak to us? No. He would be praying, I, will, I am the one who gives the dreams. I'm the one who is the Joel 2, 28 29 uh, uh, anointing on every generation and I'm telling you what if you're believing for something you need to stand your ground you need to look in the face of the enemy and when those voices come to you with voices and they will come with a voice of authority they will come with a voice of confidence they will come with a voice of arrogance they will come with a voice of of intimidation you look into the face of that foul demon and you say, get thee behind me, Satan, because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and I am part of his glorious church. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is good and he's for my good. And I declare the word of the Lord. I breathe life over to that death dead dream. I breathe life over to my dreams and visions. I breathe life over my sons and over my daughters and over my friends who are not walking with the Lord. And I will not be satisfied until I see them saved. Are you with me? I will not be satisfied. The people of God have got to get to the place where we are indignant, righteously indignant, and we say we will not tolerate 
this anymore. Are you with me? I only need two. I'd like to have everybody, but I only need two to partner. And we will pull some gates of hell down. We will pull it down. I'm telling you what. we got to get back to the place that we're praying for our lost loved ones. Don't feel any guilt. But sometimes the enemy, what he does is he causes us to believe. There's no hope for that one. There is always hope. There's no hope for that one. There's always hope. There's always hope. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever, that as many as he can crown into heaven, I'm telling you what, I will not rest. I will not rest. There are times that my mind will get away from me and the enemy might torment me. And I might go, Lord, I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be. What, what if it was Monday? Because that's all it took for this to happen. What if it were Monday or Tuesday? But God, even if it's next month or next year, of before these eyes close for the very last time on this side of eternity, I will see it. Do you hear me, devil? I will see it. It will be manifest. And with my combined faith, Father, I expect a manifestation of his goodness and our faith together. I just want you to understand this. It's kind of, kind of wrap up. God responds, think about it, to every request of the righteous. What requests are you making of him? What requests are you making of him? What requests? And I'm telling you, God is going to respond to it. God is going to answer that prayer. I do not know how he's going to answer it. I do not know if it will be yes, no, later, or I've got something better. I don't know which one of those it's going to be. But I can tell you this. Whatever the answer is, it is going to be for your good. It's going to be for your good. He's going to answer the prayers that you forgot you were praying because you prayed for them for so long that you've forgotten that you had them. This is what I want you to do with me. I want you to, this is how I want you to apply this. Someone came to me a week ago and they hand, handed me a sheet of paper and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm, I was so excited that they actually went and did what I tried to every week kind of activate you guys in. And they brought it and they said, well, this is my homework. Oh my gosh, I got so excited. I'm like, wow, you really went home and you did this. They went home and they wrote out their mission, their vision, and their values for their dream, a dream that they have of starting this ministry. You know what? I believe with all of my heart that God is going to reward that because it's biblical. 
So here's your homework if you want to do it. Keep your requests before God. Declare your confidence in Him. Keep your requests. Like, what are you praying? If I came and asked you, what are you praying for? What are you asking the Lord for? Would you be able to give me like a list of things right off the top of your head? Because you should. Well, how long have you been praying for that? Well, I've been praying for this one for about five years. I've been praying for this one for three months. I've been praying for this one. Do you have a list of things that you, that you can show me that God already checked off? That he did this and he did this and he did this? As I look around this room, I can see different people that I've been praying for you. And I can say, I know he, he provided for you. I can look at different people and I can say, I see what he did in you. I see, And we can check those off of our list. But you and I should have lists. Because I'm telling you what, when you put it down on paper, which is scriptural, take the vision, write it down. When you make a list, it makes it all of a sudden real. I'm going to become debt-free. Well, I'd like to be debt-free one day. I'm going to become debt-free. You see the difference? And you pray into that until that becomes a reality and you check it off. And when you check it off, guess what that becomes? Anybody can tell me? A memorial, a testimony. Oh my God, you're not going to believe how God got us out of debt. Oh my God, you're not going to believe how my wife and I got pregnant when we, you know, tried for all these years and in, in uh, the intro, whatever, whatever thing it is that they try to, you know what I'm saying. It's the egg and all that, planted up, and, you know, you got it. But God hears us. He hears us. And you need to keep your requests before God. And I'm telling you what. Destiny Church. Listen, there's some folks here today that you might be visiting us from out of town or you might be here for the first time and you might figure out this, our tradition is not, doesn't fit your tradition. And we're good with that because we're all in the body of Christ and you'll find yours. You'll find yours. But for those of us who are going to call this our house, I'm asking you, let me back it up. Can I reel it back in? I'm telling you, as your father, as your spiritual overseer, make a list. You need to make a list and keep that list ever before you. Like the list won't ever go away until you meet Jesus face to face. You will always have the list and you need a list before you because I'm telling you what, what's God done for you lately? Um, uh, um, uh, um, um. When you keep a list and you check things off, you will be able to rattle off a list of testimonies and monuments that the, that the God of provision has provided for you. And it will give him testimony and encouragement to somebody else. And this is the last thing we're going to pray. Keep a list of things that you are seeking God's help with. That, those two sound like the same thing to me. Let, let me read them again. Keep your requests before God. Okay. All right, so that's what I mean. Your second is to keep that list. I basically just shared that with you. The first one is to keep that list before God. I should have had those in the reverse order. Keep a list and then keep it before God. And I'm telling you what, when the enemy comes against you and he says something stupid like that'll never happen, you, you, oh, I love how Quentin said it earlier today. He said, you got to know the word. 
in order to expand your praise vocabulary, you have to know the word. Well, a lot of people, and I don't mean this derogatorily, a lot of people cannot praise the Lord because they, they can't get past hallelujah and glory to God. They can't get past that because they don't know who God is because they don't know the word. Well, you got to know the word. If you're going to go uh, uh, face to face with somebody, you ever met somebody that you do, they got those one-line zingers. And it's like, oh, I just can't think that fast on my feet. I can never get one over on them. Well, a lot of times the enemy is like that with believers because the devil knows more word than we know it. Woo, that was good and nobody yelled. Sometimes the enemy knows more word than we know, so we can't come, we don't have a comeback. But he'll twist that thing. But I'm telling you what, if he comes to you and says, that's never going to happen, never going to happen. Listen, you just come back with something simple like this. Devil, all things are possible with my God. All things are possible with my God. So you get out of here. And you, you just make declarations and your confidence in him. God said I can have anything that I put my mind to. And I'm going to get somebody to come into agreement with me. And now we just doubled our faith power. Amen? And so, as we walk out of here today, this is what I want to leave you with. If you got something that you've been praying for and you feel faithless and you feel like, God, I don't know that it's going to happen, I hope that this has renewed your faith, that He hears you. He hears every request of the righteous. It does not fall on deaf ears. When God hears he responds. There is a response in the making. And sometimes our requests are so big and they're so valuable to the kingdom that there is an intense spiritual warfare that takes place. We, we get that. I, uh, I don't know if it's Daniel chapter 3 or 5, but somewhere in there, you remember where Daniel was praying? And in the heavenlies, there were... Uh, demonic beings that were fighting in the heavenlies with the angels that God had had released with the prayer many times there's demonic warfare going on but listen to me I can guarantee you there is no devil in hell that is powerful enough to keep what God wants from getting to you and then this is the last thing if you are at a place where you're the lost you're the lost one you're the one that Father God's looking out over the horizon going, man, I want them to come home. I want them to be back to their place of righteousness, back restored back to their place of honor. And you feel like, you know, man, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Rife. You, well, I know some things Quentin's done. I know some things Brian Smith has done. I wouldn't want to be, no, I'm joking. But the point is, is, hey, there's not one person in this room, myself included, that we have any room to measure ourselves up against one another. We all have a past. And the thing is, is God is not a God who remembers the past. He has this beautiful sovereign ability. I don't know how he does it. That he can know everything. But, oh, I, I love to preach this and I don't have time. But God has a sovereign ability. He's omniscient. He knows everything. There's not anything that he does not know. Why can't he remember your past then? Is he just like, I'm pretending it's not over there. 
because your past does not exist. Your past, it doesn't exist when you come to Christ. That person, Scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, When all men are in Christ, we are new creations. Behold, the old has gone and the new has come. And then what will happen is because we're made in His image and that when He speaks, He creates things, what happens is we keep creating our past when we bring it up every time. And now we feel like we got to get forgiveness over that and God's like, what are you talking about? Where'd that come from? You're like, I created it with my words. We, we need to get past that. And he obliterates it again, doesn't remember it, and then we keep bringing it up again. Get past that. When you come to the Father, when you come to the Father, you're, he's going to put a robe on you. He's going to give you the ring of authority that you walk in sonship. And so today, if you are at a place where it's like, Pastor Rife, I've been just feeling away from God, today's your day to come home. Today's your day to come home and let the Lord restore you with honor to the place where you need to be and He wants you to be. So Father God, this is my prayer for my brothers and sisters here today. That Lord, you would encourage them to know that their faith and their prayers have been answered. And that God, the answer is on the way in Jesus' name. The answer is on the way. My answer is on the way in Jesus' name. These people that I've been praying for, I will see it with my own two eyes before I leave this world, Lord. I will see it in Jesus' name. And then those, God, who may have been away from you, they just might have felt distant. They might feel dry, which doesn't mean that you're lost. God, I pray that you would come and restore them. I pray, God, that you would restore me. I pray, God, that you would take the dry season away, God, and that you would fill us with your spirit to the point of overflowing, God. Restore to us the joy of our salvation, the, the, the joy of our salvation, the peace of our salvation, God. Restore that to us, just like you placed the sandals on this, on this man's feet when he returned home, God, that we would walk in the gospel shoes of peace. And Father God, I pray that those who come to you today, if you're feeling shame in this house, shame is not of God. If you're feeling like you're not worthy, unworthiness is not of God. And that when you come to Him, you just come to Him with all your baggage. You just say, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to come back. And I hadn't got my act all together. I'm still coming to you with baggage. And the Lord will say, I will take that baggage and I will work on it and I'll make you whole. And we will walk this together. We will walk it out together in Jesus' name. Just say to him, Lord, I want you. I need you. I need to be back to that place. God, I don't want to work for it. I'm so tired. I just can't work. I, there's no more energy, God. And the Father says to you, you don't have to work for anything. It's free. Go get the coat. Go get the ring. Go get the shoes. Go kill the fatted best cat that we have. It's going to be a party. Come back to it. Don't just make him your Savior, but make him your Lord. Savior is just, it's just fire insurance to keep you from going to hell. But that's not who he is. He's in his fullness. He is Savior. He saves us from our past. But Lord is the one who he co-creates with. He does life with and he entrusts the valuables of his estate with. The blessing, 
So Father God, today I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior. I thank you for restoring me to a place of righteousness. And thank you, God, that you don't hold any of my past against me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. So I pray today that when you leave this place, that you're encouraged. Go home and do your homework. Make a list. And I'm going to encourage you to do this too. Don't just make a list of things that you're wanting. But start making a list of things that God has already done for you. So that when you're in this column over here and you're praying and trying to get some faith mustered up because the devil's so big and bad with his stank breath up in your face, you know, that, that, that season where he's just warfare so serious that you can look over in this column and say, Oh God, I saw when you did this and I saw when you did this and I saw when you... Oh, this looks small compared to these things. Are you with me? All right, go do it now. Go do it. I love you. God bless you.